one about the company of Nike. Oh yeah, Nike yeah, Origin. Yeah, yeah. I call it <laughs> Space Jam. No. Even the most established business people know, like you can't even expect respect. Right. Exactly. That's like that's like the main one right there. Like you can't you can't command respect if you don't give it to yourself, and nobody's gonna respect you if you aren't being yourself one hundred percent. Welcome back. If you just tuned in back in, this is why y'all working. We are a tech radio show podcast social community really focused on unpacking the relationship between technology, why we work, how you contribute every day. I mean, I'm sure you woke up at nine. I woke up at nine. Well, I was up at 6 a.m. this morning. Before that, actually, 5.20. That's when my alarm clock went off this morning. I know I don't have a watch on my arm right now, but I'm <laughs> being real with you when I say I woke up before the sun. And then guess what? I got a haircut. I came and went to go look nice for y'all. Mm-hmm. I really went to look nice for myself. Then I went to the gym immediately after. So I was at the gym exactly at 7. And I didn't leave the gym until like 9.25. Your barber's up at 6 a.m.? Yeah, my barber had appointments at 5. I used to wake up at 4.30 for my appointments. <laughs> <laughs> All throughout college. Remember, college, UBC, I woke up like, because remember, my day started at 8 o'clock. So... I would need to be out. I need to be back on campus by eight because I would start to work at eight. So I would get my hair cut at like five, five thirty if he had an appointment, or six o'clock at the latest. Hit the gym sometimes if it wasn't Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday I had gym class, so I would just go to work. Uh, Round of applause for Blair's <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nail deals are it. I don't know if you know marketing in this day is death. Music. Again, you can use music to market uh, market your products. That'll always get people um, engaged. I don't know if you saw, like, over the weekend, there was, like, a couple sneaker cons where, like, Meek Mill showed up and, like, <laughs> um, he was trying to, like, there was this one dude that basically forced Meek to, like, Meek gave him a choice. He was like, look, I don't, I don't want you to do this because he's, like, I feel like you're fucking up right now, so I'm going to put you on game. You could just... Either give me the shoe for free or give me a discount and ask me to do a video for the shoe. And I would have done that for you. And you might have been able to make out way better than if I were to pay full price for the shoe right now. Like, let me help you. Like, I will pay for the shoe, but just know if I pay for the shoe, you're not getting none of this. Right. But even then, to me, it kind of worked out for the dude anyways, because you don't know his financial situation. You don't know as an entrepreneur, like if he was hustling or maybe he just didn't like his bit. He may not have had the ability because there's another uh another store owner another sneaker uh sneakerhead that just gave him the shoes for free mm-hmm. and asked him to do a promo with uh asked him to do a promo with them you know kind of thing so it was kind of like it was interesting to see that because you know you know how it it, it is sometimes when you have to market your product sometimes you have to give give a take right you got to do a favor for somebody in order to get it but in this case it's like have the means can you really do the favor for for them right so for the guy he's like well i'm gonna need to pay this 500 because i can't afford a 20 percent discount on the shoe that i probably paid above market for yeah. right um or if it's just his baseline requires you to pay the markup right <laughs> then you got to pay the markup and who 
may not be making on the transaction or actually making out barely anything for him to buy his next shoe. But they have a one to one instead of have that leverage who are able to buy more or that stuff in or maybe have the connects to the point where they're getting it fresh off the you know what I mean and then it's coming in. But I feel like most of the aftermarket shoes and again this is a whole different side of entrepreneurship uh, in general, but the aftermarket shoe market, after shoe aftermarket shoe market is I think over a billion dollars as well, just in um resale of, of, of like sneakers, like just a different, like you like Jordans and KDs uh, and the big red, that, okay, don't even get me started about the big red boost because I'm and I think a lot of people waste their money on, on this, if I'm being real. Like I feel like at the end of the day, once we realize that you should just support people's brands and once you support your people's brands they'll make more money out of that support that you give them rather than going after the designer that's across the street like you want to wear that big Gucci belt you want to wear that Imani chain but like you can't wear your, your friend's clothing brand that could potentially be the next that and some right so that's kind of like where I'm at you know I say that while wearing a baby shirt but like I was with the hype a couple of years ago but as you can see this is probably the only baby shirt you'll ever see me with guarantee that Pay too much for it, so I'm gonna get my money's worth out of it, and then either somebody could own it or I might keep it for myself, right? I might rip it, I don't know, I might style it, but at the end of the day, it's still clothes. Yeah, yeah, and that mirror shirt I wore during that promo y'all saw on Instagram, y'all saw on uh TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's a dry cleaner right now, mm-hmm. making sure <laughs> that might be a family heirloom. <laughs> he said, How much I drop on that better than pass it down. We got one more segment. You've come up with the the mission that you're going to launch a business today, and by Q1, so that's January, February, March. By March 2024, you're going to have revenue, and you're going to have a pitch deck that has revenue attached to it, so that you can raise venture fund. Uh, you have the opportunity to move anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. You're an entrepreneur. Decided you want to start a business. Where are you moving to? If you would ask me a while ago, it was first. However, I'm changing that answer. Uh, I'm actually going to say an answer. So I would either be between, uh, I want to say either Ghana or I want to say somewhere in Latin America. The only reason why I'm saying that right now, or like probably maybe Brazil, but I don't speak Portuguese. So I'll probably have to go back to Panama, but anywhere there in a country that's pretty much stable and developing um safe for the most part. i know brazil is like not necessarily like majority like it is safe but like as long as you're not doing stuff but what i'm saying is ghana is one of the safest places in the world in comparison to brazil by a lot so uh, the u.s so yeah exactly so (laughs) my thing is is that like if we're talking about that in those places it's much easier for you as a foreigner to come in and make a difference or at least stand out. And that's all you need sometimes when you're getting business off the ground. When you're in a place where everybody looks like you, has the same opportunities, has the same values, has the same views, or has like conflated views about what the real world is, it makes it a lot harder for you to get your point across, get your view, get your idea, get your business off the ground. Um, 
I heard a couple of things uh, from people that visited Ghana, like, you know, they love to eat, so they're open to eating a lot of different foods, so they don't really have much options, but when they do, like, they flock to it. So, like, if somebody's opening up a new restaurant, that would be something that I could do, even if it's, like, not necessarily, like, not for the food here, not because I can't cook, I can cook. But, like, if we're talking about, like, bringing in a K, like, KFC or something like that, but like, if we're talking about like uh, they may not have, they may not have Wendy's, they may not have a grill over there, right? I'm thinking about like something that I would eat, like I would try to bring over there. So if I would bring over like any franchise restaurant, maybe I might bring over in a grill over there, and that's what I would do, right? Building off of pre-existing um, business models that have proven to work, and just putting it to play in a new environment, adapting to that new environment is how I would play that. Um, with a pitch deck to expand and have more location. And that's at what point I would do. So I would take the approach of becoming a, uh, sorry, and this might be skipping ahead a little bit here, but, you know, my location probably might end up being Ghana, right? Um, or, you know, any Latin America or developing country where, you know, it's I, it allows me the ability and the freedom to build my business grassroots and experiment with a population that is open and open-minded and willing to come and try new things um and isn't necessarily distracted by a lot of first world problems let me put it that way because uh, i think that also has a lot of things to play when you have you know a lot of distractions uh it get a lot of distractions can get in the way of you actually enjoying something for what it's worth so even if it were to be like me bringing and starting up with a travel company travel agency to get more people uh like back and forth to Ghana from the United States and bringing more travel and tourism into the economy and boosting the economy, boom, like international plays can garner you way more money than just plays that are local, right? We're thinking about the, I'm thinking about this knowing that um, in this day and age, right, BRICS is within. BRICS has now decided that they're no longer going to utilize the US dollar for trading currency. What that tells me is that now the U.S. is no longer the economic superpower of the world, right? That hand is flipping. They may be still the military superpower of the world for a long time, but we will forever keep printing money. There will never be a time where we don't need to print money or digitize money. So with that being known, if the dollar continues to get devalued, we'll need to diversify our assets into other forms of currency and we'll be looking for currency to base our money off of that is strong and these are countries that are trying to build up that gdp and their economic status in the world so that way their dollar or their dollars right their currency amounts are strong and backed by a reserve currency that is stronger than the u.s dollar which frankly they already are at this point combined it's just that individually they're working their way up there so that's why I say that I would I would put my business in more of a developing country right now, um, because that just leaves me room for more opportunity to grow. When we look at not to use colonization as a thing, but when you see the replication of how sites have gotten developed today, one of the ways is by when a country is developing, there's tons of opportunity for growth and monetization. Once you recognize that, you can identify all of the opportunities available to you and just capitalize on them, right? 
I believe Ghana just legalized medical marijuana and working with the government for that, for those types of businesses. So even that is a new opportunity for some of those people in Ghana who don't have access or for those entrepreneurs from the United States, especially black ones, right, who want to come over and do business and also promote and promote themselves, elevate themselves, right, business, but in a way that's going to cost them their career, their lives, you know, and their entire life savings, right? They're able Sometimes to do Sometimes the best thing you can do as an entrepreneur is just hire people. Exactly. Like hire the experts that are there. Like that's the main thing, right? I think that here it's also too expensive to hire some, some people, even students, right? Sometimes because a lot of people either may know their worth or they think that they're worth more than what they can actually offer you. So it's, 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 a, it's always a constant challenge between trying to find the best value for your book and also trying to be ethical in the way that you go about looking for people to do the work for you. So in these areas, it's also like, yes, yeah, cheaper labor is a thing. Well, quality labor also comes with the environment that this, you know, working population is coming from, right? So if your workforce is coming from an area and a culture where they are hardworking people, you can almost guarantee yourself that you won't have, as long as you provide them with the necessities of their environment, which, you know, with enough money to live, eat and breathe and to feed their families and to elevate themselves in some ways, shape or form, they're more than willing going to work for you as much as they can, as hard as they possibly can um, at the end of the day. And again, that's just the way that, I, I don't know if that's the difference between first world and second world countries sometimes. I'm not saying that everybody's first world, second world, but when we look at it from the perspective of these are the countries that have been powerful for years, for millennia versus Here's a new group of nations that are now coming up and taking over the reins to the generation of what the world is actually going to be. And that's kind of where I want to be placed. I don't want to be in the dying realm. Like you can, we can make the money off the dying realm, but I want to be making more money with the developing nations, knowing that that's, what's, that's where my money is going to be best placed in the future and knowing where you can see it now. Where are they investing VC dollars? Flutter wave, where is it? Focus in Africa. What are we doing? Putting more money into African startups to do what? To make more money, to develop the nation, to put more infrastructure in place, or to, to let me say this right, they want to silo industries so that way they can privatize these industries, so that way they can capitalize and catalyze their investment, boost those industries either get, well, It'll only be catalyzed if the African nations or whatever nations don't kick them out. But if they're able to negotiate a deal in which they're able to get paid for these outs, then they will do so. And as a result, catalyze the investment that they made overall from not only exploiting the populations that are currently there, but from the sale of the assets afterwards if the countries decide to pay them for stealing the assets and then claiming it as their own in perpetuity, right? Um, so that's kind of like what we are today. I would say, yes, go to second, third world developing nations and start a business. Uh, I would say the best business to start would be a franchise business or a boring business that is proven, uh, to do things or maybe buy into an infrastructural business, uh, like water treatment, um, or something like that. Uh, food service is not necessarily a thing, I would say, but farming, yes. All right, but again, 
there's a lot of nuances with that. You need to make sure that there's the right subsidies, people aren't going to steal your crops, you make sure you have the proper crops, proper plants, you're going to be bringing over and introducing new plants to the environment, making sure that they can grow there, not indigenous, uh, making sure that they are indigenous or not going to be common invasive species as a result of placing them there. There's a lot of different things involved. So while there may be defined lanes here in US, the UK, Canada, it's still it's an even harder environment for somebody to thrive here than it would be for you to just go back, especially if you're an immigrant, to go back to your own home country, do the same thing, and then you'd be way more equipped because then you can go out and make those connections internationally if you have the ability to do so once you've made that money, made that capital, made that thing for yourself. And that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day, I find.